First Chronicles in chapter four. Book of First Chronicles in chapter four. Whenever we sing that song, part of it says, uh, "No matter how rough may be the way, no matter how oft I stop to pray." I'll be honest with you; I didn't know this man existed in the Bible. I guess I've read through it a couple of times, but I did exactly that. I read through it; didn't really, didn't really sink in with me. And I was studying last week. God led me to this passage of Scripture, a man that was not near about as well known as your David and your Moses and your Paul. Not even as well known as Goliath that's only mentioned in, in a place or two. But the man had an impact, and, and I believe that he can have an impact on our life if we look at his prayer life. And I don't know how often this man stopped to pray. From the prayer we read about in First Chronicles in chapter 4, we, we see that he was a spiritual man. And it was probably quite often. And there's a lot of things that we can't change. There's a lot of things that we can't mess with. But we serve a God that can. There's a lot of things that we don't have power over. There's a lot of things that we can't even comprehend. But we serve a God who does. And whenever we pray, and we're talking one-on-one with a God who does. He's a God who's there. He's a God who's always available. And a lot of times, as, as much as that hotline to heaven is what... Some people call it as much as it's always there. We don't pick up the phone on our end near as much as we should. We don't pray as often. Oftentimes we don't pray as hard. And a lot of times I catch myself not praying with the heart that I should. Not praying not praying the way that I should. Not praying the way that Jabez or Jabez, however you want to pronounce it. Then we're going to begin in verse 9 of 1 Chronicles in chapter 4. Book of 1 Chronicles in chapter 4, verse 9. And Jabez was more honorable than his brother. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather at your house, God, to thank you for the opportunity to open your word. God, to read about this person that's not well known in the Bible, but no doubt, God, he was well known with you. I pray that you could help us, God, that we could open our hearts. God, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to come upon us. God, I pray that you'd help us if we could draw closer to you. Even in our prayer life, God, that we could pray with an open and honest heart. That we could come before you, God, understanding how feeble and nothing that we are, that we would never get built up in pride. God, that we could always honor you in everything that we do or say. God, be with us throughout this service. Most of all, continue to have mercy on those that are lost. Forgive us of our sins. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. Here we read about a man that prayed to God. And, and best I can tell, the, the man's only mentioned in the Bible about three times. And two of them's right here in these two verses that we read. We don't know a whole lot about him. Except that the, the reason his name was called that, no doubt that his mom had trouble with him whenever she was pregnant and giving birth. and So he was called uh, Jabez because she buried him in sorrow. But it says that he was more honorable than any of his brothers. I don't know how many brothers and sisters that he may have had, or whether this is brother and referring to family or, or the, the group or even the tribe or, or what it's referring to exactly. But whenever the Bible says that somebody was more honorable than their brother, and that, that's met with a little bit of distinction. 
We may not know exactly who he's compared to, but we do understand that, that because of this, that he is a man that, that worships and fears God. Because of this, he's a man that sees the value in prayer. Because of this, well, we'll get to God answering his prayer in a minute. But he prayed to God. He called on the name of God, on the name of the God of Israel. So the first thing I want to look at is whenever we pray, do we pray to God? Or do we pray for the benefit of those around us? Do we pray to a God in heaven? Or do we catch ourselves hoping? There's a very, very big difference in praying and hoping. We have hope in Christ Jesus, but that is a knowing faith. But whenever we hope for something, that means I have no control over it. I don't know very much about it at all. I just have a little bit of hope. But whenever we pray for something, if we pray in the heart as Jabez did, if we pray to a God, we have to understand that we're praying to an all-knowing God. That we're praying to an all-powerful God. We're praying to the Word is omnipotent. All-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, all-controlling. He knows the hairs on our head. He knows whenever a sparrow falls. And if he pays that close of attention to everybody, and he knows what I need. Not only does he know what I need, I think he knows what I want. Whether it be good or bad for me, he knows it. As the Bible says that he knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. He knows everything about me, and yet whenever I pray, if I'm not praying earnestly to God, then that prayer is going to hit the ceiling. This time of year is set aside for, for Halloween, coming up in the month of October. I heard some folks talking yesterday, said, well, this Halloween falls, falls on a time change. It falls on a blue moon and a full moon. Plus, we got a 2020 couple with it. Halloween is a lot of things, but Halloween ain't scary. Halloween is something that man invented because the, because they wasn't praying to our God. Because they were fearing spirits and ghosts and ghouls. Because they were praying to the gods of the dead. We don't pray to a God of the dead. We pray to a God of the living. We pray to a God that has the power over the dead. A power of resurrection. We pray into a God that goes so far above and beyond Halloween that, that it shouldn't even exist. But it does. And I'm not going to stand up here and preach against Halloween because there's a lot of good things about the month of October. used to be the fair, but 2020 took care of that for us. But there's a lot of good things that go along with that. A lot of people come to church for a trunk or treat that has nothing to do with Halloween, but that may be the only time they come to church. And I'm not going to dock that one bit, but whenever... Whenever people start worshiping Halloween and putting putting ghosts and goblins and it gets to wonder you where you get to wondering where their spiritual life is. I'm not saying that, that church people pray to things like that. It's all in good fun and decoration. But don't let us catch ourselves putting hope and faith and trust and or even pretending to put our hope and, and faith in anything other than one true and living God. The Indians that we read about are the Native Americans, political correctness, that we read about pray to many gods. The Egyptians worship the Pharaohs. The gods that, that we read about in the Bible, they worship gods of stone, gods of clay. The high priest Aaron made a golden calf, and they said, hey, let's worship this. They did not worship the one true God. And what happened to these people? When the Ark of the Covenant was taken, 
and was in the same building as some of the gods of the people that had taken it. And they come in there, they come in there, and the god was fall over. They couldn't figure out what the deal was. Those gods can't stand in the presence of our God. It don't work that way. They stood him back up, coming there again, and whoa, he fell over again. Third time's a charm. He fell over and broke into pieces because other gods cannot stand in the presence of our God. It's not going to happen. And in the same way, that can't happen in our life either. A lot of things can become, I'm not going to say gods to us, I'm going to say idols. A lot of things can become idols, and whenever we put them ahead of God, whenever we put them ahead of God on our priority list, then we're saying they're more important than God. Whenever we put things of this world ahead of Him, then that's going to hinder our spiritual life. That's going to hinder our prayer life. That's not going to hinder God's ability to take care of us. That's going to hinder our, our ability to get a hold of Him. Here Jabez, he called on the God of Israel. Notice that G is a capital G. I like to refer to it as a big G and a little me. Because I'm not nothing in the sight of God. Got that wrong. I'm nothing compared to God. I have nothing. And whenever we come before Him humbly, whenever we come before the God of Israel, the God of Israel, that, that whole phrase right there meant something back in this day. Because whenever, whenever people would come and they would say Israel, that was often associated with the miracles that the God of Israel wrought. Whenever they referred to the God, they, they didn't refer to it as, as a God because there were bunches of them. They referred to God as the God of Israel because of the things that God did through the nation of Israel. And so the whole world knew who he was. Here Jabez came and he, he called upon the name of the God of Israel. It says that he was an honorable man, which means whenever he came before God, he didn't come blaspheming. He didn't come out of hypocrisy. He didn't come out of desperation because he'd never come before. He came before God, no doubt, because he had a burden on his heart. And he knew that he had a hotline to God. Turn with me if you would. Hold your spot right here. We're going to be right back to Isaiah in chapter 59. The book of Isaiah in chapter 59. I'm going to read one verse right here in verse 12. Isaiah chapter 59. Verse 12, For our transgressions are multiplied before thee. For our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. For our iniquities, we know them. Whenever we come before God, even as an honorable man as we are, we have to see ourselves as we are. We have to see ourselves as the sinner that we are. We have to see ourselves as the, the helpless person in need of a God's help. Over in verse 1 in chapter 59, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save, nor is ear heavy, he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. There's a lot of dangerous, dangerous scriptures in the Bible that tell us exactly what kind of trouble we can be in. But to be able to cut off from God hearing us is a terrible place to be. I'm not saying that whenever we don't pray for forgiveness, He'll hear us. Because I believe with all my heart that whenever we pray for forgiveness, He will. But if we start asking God to take care of us, but we're out in the barroom drinking on Friday night, I don't think that prayer is going to reach. 
we're out doing things that we ought not be doing, talking about people, lying, gossiping, stealing, whatever it may be, not being a witness for God, talking bad about others, talking bad about, about God, then that's going to hinder our prayer life. Your iniquities are separated between you and your God. And your sins has hid His face from you that you will not hear. He starts out this chapter, he said, the Lord's hand is not shortened. God can still reach down, but we can separate ourselves from that relationship. Anybody ever get mad at your parents as a kid and run off into the woods? Thought you would escape a butt whooping? Never did work for me either. But whenever I would get upset or I would know that I was in trouble, I'd strike out. We had a bunch of woods in the holler behind the house. I just hang out there till dark and just hoped it, that, that everybody's kind of calmed down. Never did work whenever I got home. It's true. That was a, more of a safe place for me. But whenever I came home, guess what? I was facing the same thing whenever I left. Most of the time, it made it worse if I didn't come home in time for supper. Made it a lot worse. But the thing is that, that it didn't change the consequence. It didn't change the thing that I had done. It didn't change the way I had acted. And whenever we try to distance ourselves from God, that don't change what we have done. And whenever we come back to Him, it don't erase the consequence. Though He is a faithful and just God to forgive us our sins. <coughs> whenever we distance ourselves from God, whenever we do something that puts a, a wedge between us and God, his, his, his arm is not shortened. His hand is not shortened that it cannot save, and His ear heavy that it cannot hear. It's just the fact that we got stuff in our life that won't let Him hear us. It's not that he can't hear us, it's that we can't get a word out. It's one of those one-way phone calls. And until we get that straight, and it says here that, that Jabez was an honorable man, no doubt he had his life straight in the eyes of God. No doubt he had a, a solid relationship, a two-way communication between himself and God. In verse 10 it says, And Jabez called back in Chronicles, on the name of um, God of Israel, saying, O thou wouldest bless me indeed. He prays here for a definite blessing. And I believe he starts out saying, O thou wouldest, with an humble heart and an earnest prayer. Now, I don't know, I know we don't speak quite this way. I've never said wouldest in a prayer. But we can understand that this is a different day and age that the man was begging God. O thou wouldest, God, if it be your will, I believe this was coming from the depths of the man's heart. Anybody ever made a wish and not really meant it? Your mama asked you what you want for Christmas. Just kind of off the top of your head. It's not really something you need. It's not really something you want, but you had to ask for something. If we come to God and, and we don't have an earnest heart, if we don't have a, a, a definite blessing uh, that, that we're asking Him for then why are we praying? I'm not saying that we don't always have a reason to pray. But if we pray just to fill up space in a church service, then, then we're not doing any good praying. If we pray just so, so nobody will talk about me for not saying grace before my meal, then it ain't doing me no good to pray. If I'm going to say grace before the meal, I'm going to ask God to bless the food. Otherwise, it's not doing me any good to pray. If I don't mean it, if I don't come before God humbly with an earnest heart, with an earnest prayer, then what benefit is me praying? 
This man came. He said, Oh, thou wouldest bless me indeed. He's asking for a definite blessing. I don't think there's a person here that, that would ever say that we have not been blessed by God because we have more abundantly than we ever could imagine. If we started making a list today, I would be old and gray before we ever even got halfway through it. I do believe with all my heart. We can't count the times that God has blessed us. But the Bible says that we're to ask. Whatever we want, we're to ask. I teach high school. They're not as uh, well behaved as some of the middle school. But when I used to teach middle school, the kids were great about raising their hand to ask a question. Sometimes they were terrible kids, but most of the time, they were great about raising their hand to ask a question. And if they didn't raise their hand and say that they were confused, I had no idea that they were confused and needed help. God knows when we're confused, but He commands us to ask. God knows whenever we need help, but He commands us to ask. This man asked for God's blessing, and he asked for God's blessing indeed. He said, enlarge my coast. Say, give me more land. This man prayed for prosperity. Is it greedy to pray for prosperity? I had a hard time with that one myself. Because if I'm going to pray to God for money, is that me being greedy? If I'm going to pray to God to, to take care of my family, is that me being greedy? God knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. And I believe that if we pray for money with the intent of pleading plum greedy, then yes, I think it's wrong. But if we pray to God to bless us to the point that we can take care of our family, that we can give back to Him, that we can take care of His house, that we can be about His work, I don't believe that's greedy. I believe that's praying and allowing God to use our life. There are a lot of people I know that are very, very well off, been very well blessed by God, and they're very much used of God as well. Here, this man, he prayed that God would enlarge his coast. He prayed for prosperity, that God would take care of it. Then he prayed, well, let's go ahead and read it. And that thine hand might be with me, that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. He prayed for the power of God to be with him. If you didn't believe it in 2019, we believe it in 2020 that we need the power of God with us. We really do. In a day and age where you may want to vote for an air conditioner over the two politicians running for president, because I hear it running right now, in a day that we may want to vote for anything other than what we have, on a day that, that you understand and realize that, that the world is in bad shape, is whenever we understand and realize that we need the power of God. Whenever we begin to see people rioting in the streets, whenever we see people burning down businesses of hardworking people, whenever churches are fined tens of thousands of dollars for having services inside, whenever they're told they cannot meet, whenever pastors are arrested for having church, then we understand that we need the power of God because we can't do it on our own. My power don't extend very much beyond what I can grab and reach, and that's only by the help of God. I don't have pull in, with politicians. I don't have pull with very many people at all. But my God does. 
You read down through the years, down through the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, that God worked through His people to change nations, to change the minds of kings, to change kings. No matter who was in power, God's will was done. No matter who was in charge, God's will was done. And whenever we pray for the power of God, we're wanting Him to use us. Use my life for His honor and glory. And if I think that I don't need His power in my life, I'm sorely mistaken. And you are as well. Without the power of God, we can't draw another breath. We can't make it out to church house. Our car won't start if He don't want it to. And I believe that with all my heart. Without the power of God, we're worth nothing. Here in Jabez realized that. He said, if that hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil. I pray that God would guide me every day because there are a lot of opportunities that I have to ruin His name. I heard a man say it like this one time. A man spread a nasty rumor about him. Came to him later and asked for his forgiveness, so he took him up on a hill. Took one of them old feather pillows and cut it. Feathers went everywhere. Wind was blowing, blowed it all over the country. The guy said, go pick up the feathers. He said, I can't do that. He said, the feathers are just like that rumor. He said, you can apologize, tell people it was wrong. But he said, you'll never fit all them feathers back into this pillow. You'll never sew it back up like nothing ever happened. Proverbs says, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Love and favor rather than silver and gold. And once we lose that bad name, once, once people begin to look at us as a Christian, and we're doing things that aren't Christ-like, it's hard for us to regain that bad name. Without the guidance of God, it don't take very much for people to... Well, the word is often used to be set off. It don't take much. I didn't realize how easy it was. I've always been kind of a laid-back person. But it don't take very much to set people off whenever we don't allow God to guide us. Whenever we don't allow God to, to take care of us. Whenever we don't think before we talk. Whenever we don't pray before we act. Whenever we don't ask God for leadership and guidance and a decision that we have to make. Here Jabez prayed for his guidance in his life. If we allow God to lead and guide us, there's no telling what we can do. There's no telling what he can do through us. But we've got to let him. At some point, we have to let it. He said, If thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. He prayed for, for protection from evil. He prayed that God would take care of him. Anybody believe that you're not blessed growing up here in Washington Parish? If you live across the Mississippi line, you're still blessed. Ish. If you live in St. Tammany Parish, still blessed. If you grew up somewhere else, Chances are you're still blessed. I hadn't been to a football game in a while, but the last time I was in Pine Stadium, oh, before this past week, last time I was in Pine Stadium, Brother Eric led in prayer before the football game. Ain't very many places you can do that anymore. Amen. Before the last Varnado uh, graduation, student led in prayer. Can't do that everywhere anymore. This past year during school, they had a, a, a gather at the pole during the winter. Everybody gathered around the flagpole and prayed for the country. Can't do that everywhere. Can't even do that right down the road in some of these schools. God has taken care of us. There were things that went on in this world that throughout high school, I did not know what they were. I didn't know they existed. 
Pine has always kind of been a, a more sheltered community. We've always been a more sheltered community from the things of the world. And I, I believe it has a lot to do with the prayers that go up for this church, for this community, for these schools, for these kids, for the adults. We've always been a little bit more taken care of than a lot of the cities that you look at around the world. And a lot of the cities you look at 100 miles south of here. We've always just been a little bit more blessed. God has always kept us from a little bit of the evil that wants to drift up across that lake. I don't believe that's coincidence. I don't believe that's accident. I don't even believe it's on purpose by the people of the world. I think it's because of God. Here Jabez prayed for protection of evil, that it might not grieve me. And the last sentence right there, and God granted him that which he requested. We don't read very much else about Jabez, and this, this prayer is stuck right in the middle of the genealogy of Judah. And it's, it is. It's kind of stuck in the middle right before it. They're going through begat, begat, begat. And right after this, they're going through begat, begat, begat. But stuck there in the middle is a prayer. And not only is, is it stuck a prayer, it shows us the answer. It said that God granted this prayer. I think that God grants prayers in two different ways. I think He grants prayers that, that we know about. I think He grants prayers that we don't. Anybody ever prayed for something three or four years later it comes about and you remember you prayed for it? Whenever I was in high school, we had a coach at Pine, great and wonderful coach. I think he's out at Franklin now. We had a, a Bible club, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and, and he asked us to come today uh, to come together one day, and he brought apple pie and ice cream, so naturally we all showed up. And He said, we're going we're gonna to pray for a girlfriend. We just looked at him. He said, we're going to pray for a girlfriend because God said if we'll ask him, if it be his will, that he'd answer it. And so we prayed that God would lead us to the person that he would have us to be with and that God would lead them to us. I have no idea where most of the people that was in that room are at today. But I know where I'm at. And after a year and a half of asking her out, she did agree to go out with me. And I believe with all my heart that God sent her to me. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it, and I knew it before she knew it. But I believe that God answered that prayer three years later. I believe with all my heart that God heard me that day. That God heard us. And I believe that He answered that prayer. Here Jabez may or may not have got everything that he asked for right then, right there. It may have been spread out. Whenever we ask for God to take care of us, whenever we ask for God to protect us, if we expect an immediate reaction, then we're in trouble. Because we're going to think we have a lot of unanswered prayers. But whenever we ask for God to take care of us, and we begin to see everybody back in church, whenever we ask God to, to lead and to guide us when we have a wonderful revival like we did this past week, we may have prayed about it a month ago. But God's going to bless us if we're in the center of His will. God is going to answer our prayer if we ask with an humble heart, if we ask with an earnest heart, and if we believe on Him, put all our faith and trust in Him, He will take care of us. 
But if we don't believe it, our prayer is going to hit the ceiling. And if we sit in the same seat and hit the ceiling every time, we're going to wear out the sheetrock. And nobody wants that. So if you are here this afternoon and your heart's not right with God, my prayer is that, that each and every one of us could get our heart right. That each and every one of us could increase in our prayer life and increase in our relationship with God. That we could allow God to, to use us as individuals, as a family, and as a church. I don't know what became of Jabez, but I have to say that because of this prayer, I have evidence in his life that he was probably used of God. And whenever I'm dead and gone, I hope somebody can say that of me. When you're dead and gone, I hope somebody can say that of you. And because of the evidence that we leave, that they can call us a Christian. Because of the life that we live, they can call us a Christian. And that we wouldn't give God a bad name. Well, we have a verse for song.